0: You'll take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 1, Gospel of John chapter 1. I'm going to read the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become (coughs) children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but... Of God the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten from the Father full of grace and truth John testified about him and cried out saying this was he of whom I said he who comes after me has a higher rank than I For he existed before me, for of his fullness we have received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He has explained him. May God's word. Speak to our hearts. Before we look into the word. Let's ask. The the spirit to give us wisdom. And guidance. Father. I thank you that. You have sent the Holy Spirit to us. Thank you that he is the author of this word. And so we. Count on you, God the Spirit, to teach us the things of God, the truths that you would have us know and learn. I pray you will give me wisdom as to what I speak, that I might only speak those things which are of the truth and of your word. Bless your word to our hearts and challenge us together, and may we be strengthened with all might in the inner man. And we ask this for your name and for your glory. Amen. Kind of wrestled where I should start today. And I decided to go right back to the beginning. For two reasons. All of you who were here and heard it before have probably forgotten it. Like I did. And uh, we... We, I assume there are going to be people here who are visiting us and have not uh, dealt with this portion of scripture. Now, if you have Bibles with a chapter where they break it up into verses, a bunch of verses, and have headings, you will probably find... That the, as my Bible says, it speaks of the deity of Jesus Christ. And uh, let me just say that the gospel of John, as a totality, speaks of the deity of Christ. But what John is doing in the first five verses is he is affirming the deity of Christ as an eternal fact. So... It's really dealing here with the eternity of Christ rather than the deity of Christ. And as I'll just point that out as we look at this. You will notice uh, certain phrases here and I will try to explain them to you so you can understand them. In the beginning, I'm sure you all know where that phrase comes from. Genesis one one. In the beginning. In the beginning. And he's referring to the time of creation. So when when he says in the beginning, he says when all things were created. And then there's terms here that are not usual. The term was in in the original has the idea of existing or to exist. So Uh, uh, and we'll have to tie that together with something I'll say in a moment. And the word, word. The word, word. Why did John use the word, word? Why didn't he call him Christ? Why didn't he call him Jesus? He called him the word. The word, word in Greek and most people know it, is the word Logos. And the word Logos means intelligent communication. Intelligent communication. So we have a picture here of Christ coming as the intelligent communication of God. He is the only one who knows God and can intelligently communicate God to us. And then the word, it's a little word here, but it's the word with. The word was with God. In the original, it has the idea of standing close to or face to face with somebody. It's an intimate relationship. And to tie all those explanations together, what he uses here is a verb tense that is almost common to John. Paul uses it a few times, but John uses it quite a bit in his uh, 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 writings and actually uses it eight times in the first 18 verses here. And it's what is known as a tense that deals with something that is continually going on in the past it is always going on in the past so when you translate this then here's here's how it would sound and i'll 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 read a translation or my translation of verses one through five it says When all things were created, the intelligent communication of God always continued to exist. Also, the intelligent communication of God always continued existing face to face with God. In other words, there was never a time that... Jesus Christ, as we know him, was not intimate with God personally. It says, also the intelligent communication always existed God. In other words, there was never a time that Jesus was not God. He always Existed God. And uh, John makes this point very, very important. Because in the time that he was writing this gospel, which was about 80 AD. There have been many false teachings about Christ. And we see the same false teachings going on today in the cults. Where they say, Jesus became God by who he what he how he lived and what he did and john is making the point here that he always existed there was never a time that he didn't exist as god he was always god he said and then he starts in, in verse 2 he says this one always continued existing face to face with God when all things were created. He was, he was always there, even before the creation and during creation. And that's important. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> and then it goes on and said, And all things had come into existence through Him. And apart from Him, not one thing that existed, and does exist came into existence. And I think it's important. He uses a verb tense there that tells us that when everything began Christ created it and Christ is still creating everything that exists. There is nothing that Christ does not control the existence of. He, You're here because He made you. And you exist because he made you. This whole world and universe and all the blessings that we receive. You know when you go into the supermarket. And get all those good things you can eat. uh, It's because they exist because he created them. If he doesn't create them they don't exist. And so it says in the sphere of Him. Always continued existing life. And, and this is important. There is no such thing as life that is spiritual life outside of Jesus Christ. He is the source of all spiritual life. Noah, Abraham, David, all the prophets had spiritual life. Because of Christ. He is the source of all spiritual life. And so it says. That in him. Always existed. This spiritual life. And this life also. Continued existing. The light of men. Men only receive light. Through Jesus Christ. And. If anybody anybody received light in the Old Testament, it was through Jesus Christ. He is the only source of true light. There is no other source of true light. it is Jesus Christ, and so he says it always he always existed that true light and he it and he goes on and says uh he was always the light of man. Also, the light shines in the sphere of, and you probably have darkness there, but the original has the word unhappiness or ruin. The light always shone in the middle of all the chaos and ruin and unhappiness in this world. He was always, always there always existed and it, it explains in the last phrase it says and the unhappiness or rune did not obtain or take it it did not take it to itself they ignored the light did you ever do you ever get up in the middle of the night and have to go and you just do you're too tired to try to find out where the light switches and you try to walk in the dark. And, and that's the way the world is. They don't, they don't try to find the light. They don't take hold of it. They just walk in the dark. And they continue walking in the dark. And so that's, that's what he does. He introduces us to the eternity of Christ. And I want to frame that in light of verse 6 because verse 6 is very interesting. Now, let me just point out something. If you look at the verses uh, that follow in in this first chapter of John, John John does something he doesn't do through the rest of his gospel. He kind of, what I call, flip-flops. And if you look at the flow from uh, uh, verse 6. For example, in verses 6 through 8, he speaks of John the Baptist. Then in verses 9 and 10, he speaks of Christ. So he, he moves from one to the other. And then in verses 11 through 13, he speaks of responses to Christ, how people respond to Christ. And then in verse 14 he deals with the incarnation and character of Christ. <coughs> and then by the by the way he doesn't define the incarnation like the other gospels do, but he refers to it when he he says the word became flesh. He's talking about the incarnation, you see. <coughs> and uh Then he speaks of John the Baptist. Then in verse 15 and then in verses 16 through 18 he speaks of the blessings of knowing Christ. That's that's a, a, a beautiful section in there. The blessings of knowing Christ. And then for the rest of the chapter verses 19 through 36 he exclusively talks about John the Baptist. None of the What I call flip-flopping. Back and forth from one to the other. Now he's going to just explain about John the Baptist. And we will be talking about him. As we begin verse 6. So in verse 6 it says. There came a man sent from God. Whose name was John. And uh, it's a. this section, verses 6, uh, this section and verse 6, I call the man. The man. Who's the man? Well, he tells us. It, he says, a man came into existence. <coughs> you notice the contrast that John makes here? He has been focusing on the eternity of Christ. And now when he gets to John, he says he came into existence. He didn't exist before. He didn't exist before. Christ existed always constantly in the past. But he says, here was a man who came into existence. So he talks about his coming. How he came. He came to uh, uh, and existed as a a man And, and I just want to point out again that John draws a sharp contrast here between Christ and all of us we come into existence we weren't eternal even though we were eternal in the mind of God, but we did come into existence. We were all, I think, born. As far as I know, everybody who exists is born. And so we have all come into existence. And that's in contrast with Christ. And uh, he, he makes the point that everything that exists, and existed came through Christ it didn't just happen there was no big bang I'm sorry Christ brought everything into existence and it's vital for us to understand that and so he's made the sharp contrast Christ is the creator of all life that has existed and exists. Have you ever tried to build something or do something and when you get all finished you say, ah, here's what I made. But even the ability to make that whatever you made comes from him and therefore... He makes it exist through you. If you're an artist, to paint. If you're a musician, to play, sing, whatever you do. He gives all that ability and it comes through Him. You may be the channel, but He is the one that makes it happen. He's the one that makes it happen and therefore we are called to use all those (laughs) gifts to His glory. And to his honor because he has given them to us. We'll talk about that a little more later. Because it comes up again. And uh, we're, we're here. Do you know, we're sitting in this church today by his eternal plan. We have some guests. You had a trip and you decided to come here. But it was part of his eternal plan. And, and that's one of the great things. When I decide to go someplace, like when Pastor Tony decided to go to Alberta, it was part of God's eternal plan. God had it all in His order and everything happens in the order of God. So uh, there is an eternal plan for everybody here today. Three things, three things are going to happen with everybody today in this place. One of three things. Either you're going to hear and grow more into the likeness of Jesus Christ by what you hear. Or you're going to hear and be held responsible for what you hear and what you ignore and you're going to have to answer to God for what you have heard and ignored. And there are some who might be here today and by the grace of God they will hear and believe and become children of God. But the middle category is the one we really worry about. Those who hear and turn aback on God because, as we will see, their destination, according to Christ, is hell. And there's only one way to avoid that destination, and that's through Jesus Christ and believing in Him. So that's, that's John coming. He came into existence. And then the second thing I want to see about this man is his being chosen, his being chosen. It says, having been, literally the translation here is, having been sent forth from the side of God, having been sent forth from the side of God. (coughs) Uh, John was sent by God for a purpose. John was sent by God for a purpose. God sent him to do a certain thing. And it's true of all of us as believers. We have been sent into this world and God has a purpose for us. And we should be fulfilling that purpose which God has for us. We have been sent by God in his eternal plan as you remember, the scripture says that, that we were elect before the foundation of the world. And therefore, God had an eternal plan for you and I. And what is the wonderful thing is that God equipped us each with special gifts so we could serve in the body of Christ and in this world. And it's vitally important for us to understand. When when I am not serving the body, I am resisting and quenching the Holy Spirit and the purpose that God has for me. And so it's important to realize that we are chosen for a special purpose and function. And for those who are part of the Bowmanville Baptist body, We're depending on you to allow God to work in you and use those gifts for the strengthening of the body. Notice what Paul says in writing to the church at Ephesus in chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. Ephesians 4 verses 15 and 16 he says but speaking the truth in love we are to grow up by the way in the original that phrase we are to grow up is a command it's not an option it's grow up you know have, have you ever uh, had somebody act like a kid when they're an adult and you say come on grow up well, that's the kind of command God's saying, come on, grow up, grow up, grow up in your spiritual life. We need to grow up in the things of the Spirit of God. So he says, and and then he defines how we're to grow up, he says, in all aspects or in all things. Not just a little bit here and there, but completely. Why why does he make that statement? Because we should be being conformed to the image of Christ. And so we should be in all aspects of our life. We should be growing up into maturity. In Christ (coughs) likeness. And then he says into him. Notice that into him who is the head even Christ. From, and it says of, and it's really, in, in the original, it's from out of him. It's out of whom the whole body is being fitted. And let me just go back to the command. Whenever God gives us a command, he never fails to equip us in christ to fulfill that command and that's exactly what he's saying here he's he's saying that uh uh we are all out of christ the whole body is being fitted or is being made to be joined together that's that's what what our purpose is we're made to be joined together and held, that is, joined together through what every joint supplies. Notice that. I'm at the age right now that some of my joints don't supply what they should. Then I have a little trouble sometimes even walking, you know, and... uh, when the church is like that, when people don't, aren't part of the supply, then the church is limping along. It's not growing, it's limping along because there are joints that aren't working. The possible, by the way, possible uh, uh, translation there of the word joints is ligaments is ligaments. you ever have a torn ligament? Don't. (laughs) It's not very good. And uh, he says it's held together through what every joint supplies or every ligament supplies. All the joints supply. A.T. Robertson the Greek scholar says through every joint of supply through every joint of supply. That's the way it translates it. According to the proper working or active working of each individual part, that is everyone doing their part, everyone doing their part causes growth and is being made to increase of the body towards spiritual profit. That's how the body profits spiritually. When everybody in the body is functioning as they should. So we are therefore building the body in the sphere of love. Did you get that? How much do I love you as a believer? How much do I love you? Well, it's demonstrated by how I live in the body and encourage you and help you along in your faith. You see? That's how much I love you. What am I willing to do to help you become a better Christian? What am I willing to do to make you become more like Christ? That's how the body is... Functions. So we are all chosen, even as John was chosen to be a light to Jesus. We are chosen to be first a light to him and then a light to each other in the body of Christ. And this is vital and important for us. So we see his. Plans that God makes for us are eternal. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. We see the eternity of his plans. They are eternal. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. It says. Now the word of the Lord came. To me, that is Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow. (laughs) God knew me before I was born. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So, before you were born, if you're a believer here today, God knew you. And he consecrated or ordained you for a certain purpose. And uh, uh, he says, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. We are all like Jeremiah. Before we were ever point, God had a purpose and plan for us. I was just thinking. I hope I don't respond like Jeremiah said. He said, oh I'm sorry I'm too young. (laughs) I'm sorry I don't know how to talk properly. Uh, God said don't worry I'll do all of that for you. I'll do all of that for you. I'll take care of it for you. Just read that uh, uh, whole discussion between John and God and, and God warns him. So We see his coming, his being chosen, and we are all being chosen. And then his character. And we see his character in his name. You remember, uh, it it says there, whose name, whose name was John. Whose name was John. John. Again, A.T. Robertson says, it literally, you can translate it, to him the name John, to him the name John. God gave him a name. You remember the story of uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth? And uh, why why did they call him John? Is that a name Zacharias chose? No, if you look at Luke in chapter 1, verses 5 through 14, and you see the whole scenario and the angel of the Lord talking to Zechariah, and Zechariah wouldn't believe that his wife could have, Zechariah couldn't believe that his wife could have a child. And God says, I said it. And I'll do it. And because you won't believe me. I'm going to not let you speak. And so when he came out. He couldn't speak. But the angel said to him. In verse 14. It says. But the angel said to him. Do not be afraid Zacharias. For your petition has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you will give him the name John. And you remember when John was born. And they brought him in at eight years old to be. Eight years old. Eight months old. uh, To be circumcised and dedicated to the Lord. uh, They said, what's his name? And. Elizabeth said, it's John. And they said, you can't call him John. You don't have anybody in your family. Nobody around is called John. Why would you call him John? So they said to Zacharias, what's he called? He says, give me something. I'll write his name is John. Why? Because God called him John. It wasn't his choice. And the word John is very interesting in its meaning. Most, most names in the scripture have meaning. And John, the name John means Jehovah has been gracious. Jehovah has been gracious or a gift of God. Which again points to the graciousness of God. And my question is, how how was God gracious with John and his whole situation? Well, first of all, the fact that this barren couple could have this son and call him John, that was God's grace at work. And the second thing is, God was gracious in his calling, in his calling. He was called to be the forerunner, the one who pointed to the light. And that was gracious, that God would make this man the forerunner, the one that was pointing to Christ. So, that's the man. That's the man. We see that in verse 6. And then in verse 7 we see his mission. His mission. First of all. He is a proclaimer. A proclaimer. Notice what it says. This one. This John. This one. Had come toward or for a witness or certification. That. That was his job to proclaim and certify who Christ was. He was to certify that Christ was uh, uh, the one, and then it, his proclamation was to be to who Christ was. He not was only that he was the proclaimer, and his proca- proclamation is. In the text there it says to be a witness or a certification regarding the light. Pointing to Christ. And it's important that he is the person. Now, the third thing I want to look at here about this uh, uh, man with a mission. Is his person. who, Who he was. By, by the way, I, I'm going to digress a little bit from the text in this, but I think it's important for us to understand who this John was. If you look at uh, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1 and verse 6, you will see that John was no ordinary preacher. John was no ordinary preacher. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 6 it says, John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and his diet was locusts and wild honey. How would you like to have that guy be your preacher? The other thing about him, because Zacharias was told that he would neither drink liquor or wine or anything else, he was a Nazarite. So when John came along, you remember he was about uh, 30 years old, a little over 30 years old, and he never had his be- beard trimmed or his hair cut. That's that's a great option for a, a preacher, eh? Yeah, I, I mean he, he wasn't the ordinary type of person, but when he spoke, when he spoke, it says that the crowds flocked to him. They, if you look at uh, Luke, Luke explains that the c- crowds were coming from everywhere to hear him preach. And uh, uh, you have to ask yourself, what made John, this long haired, long beard, guy in a, a camel hair suit, And uh, uh, a leather belt around his waist. Who ate weird food. What made him so popular? What made him. What he was. Why did people come to listen to him? There's two reasons. Two reasons. One. Is he was filled. With the Holy Spirit. From his birth. He was filled with the Holy Spirit from his birth. So he preached with the power of the Holy Spirit. He preached through, by, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what made his message so accepted. And uh, 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 he also... Not only preached in the power of the Holy Spirit, but he preached Jesus Christ. He came to preach Jesus Christ. He came to show the light. And he talked about his whole message uh, was, "Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Who is the king of the kingdom? He said, I'll tell you who the king of the kingdom is. He is the light. He is the one that's coming. And so he called people to repentance. So that they would be able to see and accept the light. And his job was constantly pointing to the light. This jo- his job was constantly Pointing to the light. And uh, uh, how do we know that John was filled with the Spirit? If you look at Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 42. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 42. Now at this time, Mary arose after this is after the announcement that she was going to have a child by the Holy Spirit and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Or the Holy Spirit. So before he was born, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he had the Holy Spirit and can you imagine going to school? John was probably in the desert for 15 to 20 years and having one teacher One teacher, the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to sit down and have the Holy Spirit teaching you everything? We do. We have the Holy Spirit. He is our teacher and we have his book and his word. And he's doing the same thing for us that he did for John. Only he did it for John personally for the preparation for his witness to Jesus Christ. And he does it for us personally, each one, for our preparation for the witness to Jesus Christ. You see, the purpose of God is always the same. To witness to Jesus Christ. That we might make people know him. And... uh, 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 It's it's interesting, there were times when John's sermons weren't too nice. He said things that uh, upset people. You know, uh, for example, if you look at Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, Matthew chapter 3. It says, but when he, that is John, saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for baptism. What did he say? Great, you guys, I'm glad to see you're being baptized. What did he say? He said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, we, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. And then notice the warning here. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, that's a nice preacher, isn't it? Watch out, you guys, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You come here, but you're going to get it. And you say, oh, that's pretty hard preaching, isn't it? Uh, in the old days, didn't they call that fire and brimstone preaching? Yeah. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35. And this is Christ's preaching. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35. See if this sounds familiar to you. He says, you brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man speaks out of the good treasure of his heart. And the evil man brings out. Of his evil treasure. Which is evil. And then if you go to chapter 23. In verse 33. Jesus says to the scribes and Pharisees. He says. You serpents. You brood of vipers. How will you escape. The sentence of hell. Say, Why? Why was it so hard? Because people have to know they're sinners if they want a savior. You can't have a savior if you're not a sinner. Because you don't need to be saved from anything. But if you are here without Jesus Christ. You're a sinner. And you need a savior. And you need to... Come to Jesus Christ. As the spirit draws you. And often. Often we forget. In presenting the gospel. We present. God loves everybody. But we have to tell them they are sinners. Because they won't know why. We have to tell them that God loves them. See? And it's vital and important for us. So we uh, have to see this so we see the person and then i want you to i want to close with what i call the purpose what is the purpose it says here in in verse seven in order that all through him and who's the him here no it's john the baptist it's john the baptist all through him might have faith why why through john the baptist would people have faith because he was pointing to jesus christ you see he was the instrument that god was using and it says all through him might have faith. John was the instrument. And you see this. Turn over to John chapter 1, where you are probably, down to verse 40. It says, One of the two who I mean, first, let me back up to 38. It says, and again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. That's John's disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. He pointed to Jesus, right? pointed to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. And what would that mean to a Jewish mind? The Lamb was sacrificial. It says, Behold the Lamb of God. And what happened? It says, Then the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. What did John say? Hey, you can't go. You're my disciples. He was happy to see them follow Jesus. He was happy to see them go. And notice what those two disciples did in verses 40 and 42. And what John did in sending them to Jesus was multiplied. It says, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which being translated is Peter yeah. John was willing to lose his disciples to make saved people in Jesus Christ. See, why, why do I serve Christ? Is it so I can tally up at the end of the week and say look what I did I led 27 people to Christ this week no that people might give him the honor and glory for what he has done for them and in them that is our purpose and so as the man John so should we be. We should be pointing to the light, to Jesus Christ. We should be lifting him up and honoring and glorifying his name. And in that, in the body and out in the world, we are doing the work that God sent us to do. And we will see, we will see the church grow inside and grow from the outside as people come to know Christ and become part of the body of Christ. So let's pray and ask the Lord to give us that kind of church. Father, we long to have a church that is truly set to glorify Christ, lift him up, and honor him in all things in the body. And as we go out into this world, help us to be your church built up in Christ and communicating the truth of the living Christ. We praise you and thank you for all things that you provide and give us to accomplish this in Jesus name. Amen.